1: Hide, Hide your kids. kids, lock the doors, you're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast, Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts,
0: complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark, buckle up boys and
1: girls, it's time for the Chad and Cheese podcast. In this episode of the Chad and Cheese, we take to the main stage of Unleash America in Las Vegas with our friend Chris Conrad from TechKernel, talking about should companies build, buy, or partner? Check it out.
2: Chris Conrad, VP of Sales for North America, from Text Kernel. Uh, he's a global Text Kernel is a global leader in AI powered semantic technology for understanding, connecting, and analyzing people and jobs better. I'm, we've talked about that on the consultant panel a little bit ago. Over 15 years of experience in recruitment and recruitment technology, Chris brings a ton of knowledge and experience to this panel and to this conversation. He's going to sit alongside Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman, of course, the co-founders and co-hosts of the Chad and Cheese podcast. I learned a whole bunch of things when I read this intro earlier. I didn't know all of these things about Chad, so I'm going to share them with you. Former infantry, Army infantry drill sergeant, he cut his teeth in online recruitment back in 98 with an outfit called Online Career Center before the next year it became... Monster, thank you. And then of course he went on to build direct employers from the ground up. He steered recruit military toward revenue as their chief experience officer and built Ranstead's first military veteran recruitment program. I didn't even know all of this about Chad. That's an amazing bio. Joel Cheeseman has over 20 years of experience in online recruitment as well. Worked with both international and local job boards in the late 90s and early 2000s. In 2005, Joel founded HR SEO, a search engine marketing company for HR, and launched an award winning industry blog called Cheesehead. Let's bring them to stage. My turn. Amazing. Yes, absolutely.
1: Hello. 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 Is
2: this thing on? Is this thing Good on? Good to see you. Hello. Have fun. Yeah. Yes.
0: <laughs> Wake up, I Vegas. I know that dude. In the back, they said, can you and Chad get on the couch together? I don't know what they're expecting at Unleash to happen with that. <laughs> and those lights are bright. <laughs> very interesting vibe right <laughs> so what are we? We're talking big back better? Is that is that build back better? Build back better, Big <laughs> back better. Love it. That was at my house. <laughs> Immediately moving over, build yes. by or partner.
1: Yes, exactly. I think that's the topic,
0: right? Which is, topic. Yeah, which is yeah, which is
1: what the other group tried to stay away from the entire time, and everybody kept asking. So we might as well go ahead and, and knock it out.
0: So I feel like we should really simplify it. What those terms mean? So build. Do you have your tech team? Build this thing from the ground up. Yep. Do you buy? Mm-hmm. Do you acquire somebody that's already doing it and plug it into your system? Really, questions for the ages, to be quite frank. Or partner? Yeah. Yes, partner. Someone does it really well. You know that you are not. Uh, I don't know. You're not. You're not named Google or AWS or something, and you just go buy uh, that and partner with them to do it. So I think historically, if we take it back there. There's been some mistakes that companies in our space have made. One that comes to my mind is uh, Jobbing Video. I don't know <laughs> if you remember Jobbing Video. Who,
1: who was around Who's, long enough to remember Jobbing Video? Who remembers Jobbing? Oh, here you, people. you got Well,
0: Whew. Jobbing was a job board uh, headquartered out in the Southwest. And in the mid-2000s, YouTube was a thing, Google Video came out. And Jobbing created Jobbing Video where they thought we can do a video player as good as YouTube. Yeah. Turned
1: out they could. For about five minutes. <laughs> they could about five it was, minutes. It
0: cost too much, hosting it was too much. They couldn't do HD, they couldn't do the, the things that, that YouTube did. So they went back to YouTube. So that's one example of they should have just partnered with someone like YouTube.
1: But it's sometimes difficult. sometimes you're afraid to do those things because there might be an API, I don't know, Twitter might come out with an API. Yeah. And you use the API, and you start to build revenue off of the Almost. API, and then they pull the plug yeah. on the API. Yeah.
0: You, you were a career builder. What did Monster have uh, on Facebook back in the day? You remember that? Remember Be Known? Oh, my God. Be Known. Anybody remember Be Known? I, I, I know. I, I about about Everybody was doing social yeah. media, Facebook. Be Known, Facebook. And, they had, and they had Branch Out. <laughs> Branch Out was a startup that, that was on Facebook. And they claim to have a billion users. How do you remember all which this? Which was stuff? this is what it's I did. job. I have no <laughs> life. So we have a billion users, and then Facebook said, "You know what? We're going to switch this up," and they're they're dead. And I'm so sure is monsters beyond. So my office B-no. somewhere. <laughs> so there are there are, there are significant threats. Uh, a guy named Elon just bought Twitter. Now you have to pay for that API. So all these companies that were using Twitter's API are now proper. You know what. And uh, using Box. that so in our space We have to ask the question built by our partner yeah. my man here at Texkernel a lot of you know sovereign They acquired sovereign a couple years ago. You have tons of partners yeah. leveraging your program and I assume you see this question with your partners yeah. How do you convince them, like, not to be scared, that you're not going to go away, that they shouldn't build it themselves? What's that conversation like with, with uh, companies?
3: Uh, surprisingly easy sometimes, especially <laughs> when you start talking about R&D, right? Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, a lot of the audience here uh, are actually customers of our sovereign product line. Um, I, you know, within HR Tech, it, we have a high-level usage, I think, probably... Uh, maybe over a 1,000 different partners yeah. in North America alone.
0: If okay. they're not using you directly, they're probably using someone that's using you guys and saying that they build it themselves, right? Yeah, that is a phenomenon. That happens, we, we yeah. we ran okay. into that before. But
3: yeah, I mean, so the thing is, you know, for, for maybe a lot of you guys, and what we do is um, uh, fundamentally resume parsing. So I think something like, uh, you know, like uh, two and a half billion resumes get parsed through Sovereign and Text Journal. Two and a half billion? Yeah. Is that a year? Yeah, per Oh, year. shit. It's insane. Yeah, all unique people, obviously. All yeah, unique, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but it's uh, it's crazy stats, right? Um, and so, like, yeah, we we do a lot of this, and we've built up a lot of inter- uh, expertise. But the challenge is, like, who who's building a new parser? Like, is it anyone's core business model? To like build that, you know,
0: even if you're a job board, like do you even want to have that proprietary tech? And we're well, talking how many years between Sovereign and you guys, have, have you guys been doing this? They both started
3: 20 years ago. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's crazy, yeah. right? Um, I don't, I'm not aware of another parser that's been, came up in the last five, really. Uh, but really, I think anymore, it's, it's less about just the parsing. It's more about the enrichment of skills, professions. It's it's about all the other stuff. And what's kind of crazy, and this I feel like I'm getting in a parsing tangent. It's is kind of weird. It's like all the creativity that people have on resumes. You know, like the advice that your yep. your mom would give you, like your yeah. first game the job, like oh, stand out. Yeah. And so people started making like these really creative like resumes. And you guys strip the creativeness out. And it's horrible. <laughs> For for so you have to like you have to do a lot of work. And be like, all right, well, you know, because people are putting addresses all over the place, or you know, they have
0: headers where their footers should be, and it's all over the and, place. Like, and well, doesn't it, LinkedIn kind of change things up pretty regularly to keep you guys on your toes? I mean, mean just, just specific, keeping up with yeah. LinkedIn is a total yeah. pain in the ass, right? Yeah,
3: they change that like what I feel like quarterly now. Yeah, that's a whack
0: a mole that yeah. everyone wants to play. No,
3: but uh, and so that's that's a thing, right? So when we're talking about all the different technologies are coming out, right? It's it's hard to keep up with the Joneses. So I think when we're, we're all kind of talking about like different vendors in this segment, it's well, what can we differentiate? What, what can we special in? What can we you know, bring a unique solution to the market? Um, but really almost all of us have to interact with you know, either job data or candidate data, right? Um, and so you start having the question, what needs to be proprietary technology for your business to, to be unique in the marketplace? Um, and surprisingly, especially, I feel like the conversation is changing daily now. It's it's limiting, right? Like, what what makes you unique is sometimes a very small set of skills or a very small set of uh, capabilities that your tool might have, or solutions that uh, or problems that solving with your solution.
0: So let's, we don't have a lot of time on stage. Do, do we open up the ChatGPT Pandora's box yet or no? Open up the can of worms. Okay. Because we haven't it. talked about that, right? No one has <laughs> talked about this yet. This is brand new for everybody yeah. I know. ChatGPT, in case you don't know, go ahead and Google it. Is this a conversation? Because I fear a little bit like we're moving really fast to adopt this, to integrate it without sort of thinking about it. And some of you may know. You feel uh, that so, way? So Samsung, yeah. not job... Job specific, We've seen how
1: many products pop out that are GPT in the last two weeks for God's sakes.
0: Oh, yeah. It is ridiculous. Wait till you go to the expo hall. Yeah, it it's is for the ridiculous. new AI and big data over there. Yep. But at Samsung some developers said let's throw all our code into chat GPT and Why see not, what happens. Right? Well, Why not? <laughs> to their dismay now now OpenAI has that code uh, and it was sort of an oopsie moment. Mm-hmm. But we have not just code and, and, and IP but we're talking about candidates, human beings, uh, databases of of profiles, should we be afraid about unleashing the chat GPT, the open AI uh, animal on all this data? Should vendors be asking, should we, instead of we talking about PII, Why not? right but, like, yeah, I mean, what's the risk?
1: I guess yeah, the, the, the big question is, is cannibalizing your own current business and future business? Mm-hmm. right? So do we actually utilize the secret sauce that we were talking about, Samsung, right? The yeah. secret sauce that nobody else has, it's our code, it's our data, what have you. Do we go ahead and allow? a company like OpenAI or Google or maybe soon Amazon Amazon to actually gobble
0: this. Elon's got one too, x.ai. Everyone's going to be flooding that with data. (laughs)
1: So pros and cons behind that, because you guys, you've powered pretty much the entire industry between Sovereign and kernel, powered the entire industry, and you know what white labeling and partnering looks like. But now this is changing the game entirely. So tell us about that.
3: Yeah, you know, so um, you know, a lot of our company are, is PhDs. Um, so, um, you know, I'm a sales guy, but we're we're a small sales, so we don't need to be right. We have huge R and D efforts uh, comparatively for our company size. And so I'm talking to our our, um, our head of R and D, and you know, kind of getting our position on uh, large language models, which I feel like right now should be a drinking game. Like every single time you say
1: generative AI, why not take a drink? Somebody
0: get the make. I got a bottle of Maker's. Yeah,
3: get a right. Maker's yeah. mark out
1: of my bag.
3: Let's get after it. No one will. <laughs> Back, backstage <laughs> is crazy. Everybody. Uh, but uh, you know, so the, uh, one of the, the the anomalies, I guess, you know, the smart people are talking about, is the concept of hallucinations, right? Where the generative AI, which is naturally creative, uh, we'll just kind of make up stuff, um, which is great when you're asking it to write up some marketing content, maybe draft like a prospecting email or make a job description. But When you're talking about something like let's just say a resume, we're testing it out. we're like, oh, this is
1: sometimes just coming up with just
3: fake history.
1: So So you're saying a hallucination for AI is pretty much them the AI itself not having enough data to fill a gap. So they come up with their own and it could just be total bullshit.
3: Could be, right? And I think uh, how it's been explained to me by the the smarty pants is that it's like when you're having a conversation with someone, but you anticipate what someone is going to say next, how often do you kind of get that wrong a little bit? I know I kind of screwed up a bit. Well, it's like generative AI. It's kind of doing that. So it's making that assumption, drawing that conclusion, which, you know, sometimes, most of the time, it's right. Sometimes it's not, right? And so when you're talking about doing this on uh, you know hundreds of times, thousands of times, billions of times, right? Like that level of inconsistency is horribly dangerous, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so you're talking about like that's that's a challenge. So how, how, what do you do with this, right? Um, so there's things that it's really good at, and I, I personally believe we're at this moment where you know because of how um, accessible this this technology is, I think it's going to change a lot of things. But for the short term, we need to be able to, like, augment, um, you know, what it's able to do, it's creativity, with, you know, hard-coded data sets, you know, things that are um, industry-specific. Like, so, for example, we have uh, extensive taxonomy and uh, ontology around skills and professions. Great. Use that to guide the AI, because that's similar to uh, curation, right? So you're, you're pointing in a direction saying, hey, you build out this job description, but here are the skills that it should have. Don't guess, you know, don't, don't jump to some conclusions, but
1: here's what we want on here. So you're talking about really, and we've talked to a couple of uh, AI companies that focused on large language models and then having a link to domain specific, and that's smaller, right? But it yeah. is really an organization's secret sauce, yeah. uh, and uh, again, your secret sauce being, you know, $2 billion resumes that have been parsed, the ontologies, the taxonomies, all those things, that large language model does not currently have that information. How long do you think it's going to take for them to actually pull that data in? Or do you think that it's going to take a company to, to point them in that direction, to be able to start gleaning that data? You know,
3: that, that's a good question. I I suspect not long. Um, so we're already looking really heavily into how we incorporate. We're incorporating it in certain areas. And our main focus is around um, compliance, um, obviously privacy and whatnot. Um, so there's a lot of concern, right? Like what, what kind of data are you pumping into? Is this going to be compliant with, you know, well, European legislation, definitely not, right? But we know American legislation is going to change. New York City has that weird law in the books that no one can seem to figure out what to do with it. Mm-hmm. But you know, California's not far. Colorado's pretty close. The, this is all going to change, right? Again, I kind of, you know, we were talking about this over lunch, like, I see this as, like, the Model T, where, like, traffic lights didn't exist before the cars were around before yeah but it's just the prevalent uh the the, the amount of them that that you know straight in the roadways you had to put ro- rules in place you had to have, which side of the road are you going to be on right um what are stop signs how are they going to interact with horses um i think this is how we're going to have in the future be like hey how do we how do we use this how do we regulate it how does it manage our environment but you know yeah, that's beyond
1: my scope
2: And wasted spending. And hello to optimized automated campaigns that produce qualified applicants. At Acquire ROI, we make job advertising easy. Visit us at acquireroi.com and start transforming your talent acquisition today.
0: I know for a long time we talked about automation, AI replacing recruiters. And I feel like that has has come full circle to it's going to augment what a recruiter does. Yeah. Does ChatGPT, the ability to write job descriptions, to write uh, rejection letters and cover letters, and does this replace the recruiter or does it augment them to do their jobs better or focus on more important things? Ooh, that's a, that's a dangerous question, right?
3: Uh, I, that's what I do. We've been talking about this for years, right? You know, um, in terms of, obviously, not with genera- uh, of this type of technology, but, like, with different workflow automations, um, conversational AI, right? Um, I don't think we're at that point anywhere close to you because at the end of the day, it's human connection, right? People want to talk to people, you know, like you can read the room if you're going to give someone some bad news, right? You need to have that conversation. Um, but also it's kind of like if you, you know, so my wife's a recruiter and she was, you know, uh, saying an offer to someone and so she had the phone call with that individual of course, they want more money, right? So, like, how do you have that conversation with someone? I, I think, like, where are you going to use like a AI-generated, you know, voice of Bruce Willis like to communicate like this <laughs> stuff? Like, is that can, where we're
1: going? They can definitely do that.
0: Yeah, they like, can the rights. Why yeah. not? I mean, there's also the flip side, which is less controllable, which is the job seeker. Yeah, and we're starting to see stories about you know, smart developers that are applying to jobs that aren't them. And they're, they're passing pre-screening questions and they're passing yeah. conversational AI discussions and they're getting job interviews. Yeah. So we're, build- we're building a beast on both sides. Yeah. I always joke about eventually robots are just gonna interview robots yeah. until that first day of work. No yeah. one's going to see anybody, but I think the job seeker side of it. Is it wasn't worth.
3: Bill Gates giving an interview where he's talking about like where he his like test for whether OpenAI was ready was whether it could te- pass a AP Bio uh, exam. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, and he thought it would take like two years from the do. and I guess they called him back in a couple months. Me like, hey, we're uh, ready to do this now. Yes. So, yeah. I think I think that we're we're there there, but again, it's it's. I think the human interaction. We we always I think like uh, discredit that a little bit. I mean, there's things you can do, obviously, right? In terms of you know matching, understanding different data points, different pieces of the of the puzzle. But like at the end of the day, like still being able to understand whether someone's the right fit for your company culture, right? Are we going to rely on that to a generative uh, AI?
1: I, I think I think that's the answer for for the most part, is because how long have we given job seekers a shitty experience anyway, right? I mean, they've gone into a black hole, yeah. and they just want some type of touch, some type of love, some type of yeah. communication. They don't care where it comes from. Just as long as they know whether they get the, they, they got the job, they're going f- yeah. through to the next, you know, to the interview or what have you. It's I think I, I think gotcha. when we're talking about recruiters, um, they're going to be able to provide, when they utilize this tech in companies who smartly build this tech or partner to, to build this tech, uh, they will provide recruiters with the opportunity to have more time that they don't have today because they're doing so much administrative shit Mm. that takes up all their time, and they don't get a chance to actually be human and talk to humans. So AI could, in this sense, help recruiters be more human because it gives more time back to them to be able to have that conversation about pre-interview, post-interview, offer, et cetera, et cetera.
3: Well, and, and to kind of switch gears a little bit, um, it's, think about like, also if you're if you're starting up a new tech company, right? Right now we have all the different building blocks, we're starting to get to that point, for a company to, to really build unique solutions, right? So they could, you know, you're, you're leveraging the public cloud, right, to store all your data, you get processing power from, let's just say, using generative AI, you're buying that processing power. Um, you can leverage companies like us to process the initial data, build out your, your indexes, um, build out your data set, right? Um, so you have all the different components, right? So you can actually deliver solutions, I think, in the future, a lot faster to market um, and with less headcount. But you have to still have that, that unique solution, that unique idea, that differentiation. You can't just churn out, like, you know, a copy of a copy. Is, is that, it just is the that idea? Is a
1: good
0: though? thing, though?
1: But I mean, no, well, first, is it just the idea that... Now now you can take pieces and parts and APIs and large language models and start to build your own, not even with your own tech. I mean, you don't even have to have a layer of your own tech in there other than bleeding all those together and yeah. having UI, right? Yeah. Yeah. So how close are we to that today?
3: I, I think we're close. So I, had a, I got a good buddy of mine um, and he runs a sales org for a small startup. Uh, that does uh, a little bit of conversational AI, uh, but a niche player. And so I was, you know, I was talking to him and I was like, all right, so tell me more about the tech. And like none of it's proprietary, none of it. Um, so, uh, which is it's interesting and they're doing great, right? Like, so what's proprietary obviously is their marketing campaign, their ability to sell and position within like the niche segmentation that they do. And they're, yeah. they're really good at the staffing industry. So they have the local knowledge of how to apply you know the you know the technology to that to solving those problems. So, so they're doing great, but none of it truly is their
1: unique IP. So therefore, from an acquisition standpoint, that's more than likely not going to happen. But they've got a great lifestyle company. Yeah, well, they're making money, right? But I,
0: let's explore this for a second. So when when we got started in this, we go to Sherm. There'd be, like, 10 huge booths (laughs) and a a few, like, 20 by 20s. And now we have, like, the startup alley where people have kiosks and these startups. And there are fewer big booths. Like, are we going to a place where just it's one big kiosk? mall and, and every company is like 10 people or less and 80 companies do the same thing and like what's going to differentiate companies and if, and if no one's getting $100 million, yeah. everyone's getting $2 million in, in funding and that they can make a business. I just see this going into a real confusing, convoluted uh, space. Am I wrong there? More than I mean, what it
1: is now? Uh, who wants yes. to that conference? Right? Way
0: worse. <laughs> can you imagine walking into HR Tech and it's all kiosks? Like, think of the worst mall ever.
1: I I can't think anything of worse than walking you know, into it'll, HR it'll, Tech. It'll be the show. eightfold
0: booth, uh, two hundred by two hundred, and then a bunch of kiosks. That, yeah. that's what HR Tech. Well, be
1: and just like
3: a that. whole bunch of like singular sales reps with like hungry eyes, like asking I just, you to. I don't like, think that's good for by. the industry, is it? I don't think so at all. Right? Is well, that I'm where it's not, going? I'm not, I'm not against startups, obviously, um, but like I think you know you still need to differentiate yourself. And the scenario you're talking about is like cookie cutter, yeah. right? Where you're not differentiating yourself. I, I don't think that's where the market's going, right? I think we're just talking about the ability to uh, bring new products to market faster,
1: right? And differentiate. Well, in in today's environment, there are still companies that utilize, as you'd said, tech, not theirs, building companies, right? I mean, it's happening today. The question is how much faster can this happen when yeah. you have when you have this these types of capabilities with organizations like Microsoft, Google, Amazon, Elon's dumbass. Yeah, a- I don't, I don't, I don't know, do,
0: yeah. The ability to, to differentiate technologically to me is going to a place that's almost impossible. Yeah. The only differentiator is brand and maybe I have money to spend on trade shows and commercials. But like every if everyone's using OpenAI or Bard or whatever, and if those all become commodities, it's really hard to see a world where you really have something unique. Yeah, I think you're discredited. Unless you have 20 years of, of experience in data.
3: Well, you know, I you know, obviously something to be said about having um, industry experience or niche industry experience, but I think you can't discredit human creativity, right? Like, whether we're talking about any of this stuff, large language models or disrupt them, this has all happened before. Human ingenuity, right? We're gonna solve problems, and this is gonna create a problem that we're probably gonna solve in another way. So I think I think we're just the the tool set is changing rapidly, but not the not the application or the creativity.
1: So in the future, build by partner. Is this even?
0: Are we doing buy by or sell? Yeah, I mean, is this is. even going I to think be build is a big sell?
1: Is yeah? I mean, is build even going to be a part of it? When it comes to technology. Unless you want
0: to be I, a two-person I, company, yeah. I guess.
1: I, I, think, I think
3: build is, I think it's important if it's going to be unique um, and it's going to be a differentiator, but so much if it's not, right? If it's not part of your core business model, if it's not something that will set you apart in the marketplace, you've got to partner every single time, right? Because you can be faster, uh, more efficient, more economical, right? And then focus on what you
0: can deliver, right? Um, what you're in the business to do. Are we selling by... Buy, if, 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 buy, if buy becomes there's a dozen big companies with a lot of money and then a bunch of kiosks, at some point, all those kiosks get bought up by the big companies. So Maybe. I think in that perspective, there, there will be a lot of consolidation from this. But ultimately partnering, if you can be that, that trusted source of data or technology and you're not going to go anywhere, that seems like that is the best answer today. I mean, that's the bet we're making.
1: At what? least <laughs> from this stage, and unfortunately, the big screen says time is up. Yep. Take a question. Oh, does Ooh, anyone got have a question. a question? Louder.
0: All the big providers have uh, massive marketplaces and different partners. Office. Yeah. They seem to be growing and growing every single day. Yep. Don't you feel a lot of the startups that are in those marketplaces are getting washed out? So it's hard for the actual customers to look <laughs> So the question is around marketplaces. So most of you know your ATS or big platform you can build on top of that, and then your your uh, their customers can access those products and services. So the question is, do those just get washed out? I, you know, someone asked me this there's question. no platform on uh, Textkernel.
3: No, no, no. Okay. I, I think you know the platforms are always going to be slow to innovate, in my opinion. Um, and so I think that there's always going to be a healthy marketplace for innovation, for startups, because they're always going to be more agile, right? Do we really see, like, you know, a workday, like, you know, coming out, cutting it? <laughs> I mean, that's probably a burn there, but uh, that's the reality, right? It's
1: not their business model. They're they're old, lumbering dinosaurs for the most part, right? And so they're going to need those marketplaces, and they're going to need the nimble startups that that are actually there.
3: I think they probably need them more than ever to stay relevant, right? Because also those platforms have a ton of technical debt, like massive, right? Mm. And this is only accelerating. So you you think these platforms are going to be able to overhaul,
0: right? No. Like I dynamics can, or, or... I can tell brands, you, know, right? I know we advise companies and talk to a lot of startups and whatnot on the show and, and we always advise startups, get on the easiest, f- most are free now, fortunately, get on as many platforms as possible, integrate as much as possible because that's going to be yeah. a funnel to customers. I think the thread becomes, does the company just build it themselves and you become like, you know, way down on the depth chart, well, or do they kick you out totally, or do they buy you? Yes. I know, that's buy. probably where you were going, is they like, they yeah, I mean, buy. if you look at uh, TextRecruit and iSIMS, TextRecruit was on the iSIMS platform, and they saw, I mean, the secret of having platform is you get to see what the coolest new sexy stuff is that people are using, yeah. and then you go buy it. It's also the data, right?
3: So they also see the analytics, what yep. the usage rates are. They have a lot more data points from these growth. companies, right? And we're starting to see them now that they're, they're funding some startups, too, right? They'll have, like, yeah. investment arms. It's amazing, really. Thank
0: you, Omar. We appreciate it. Thanks Did for everybody. question. I feel like we just kind of love it. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank
2: you. That was amazing.
3: Wow, look at you. You made it through an entire episode of the Chat and Chase podcast. Or maybe you cheated and fast-forwarded to the end. Either way, there's no doubt you wish you had that time back. Valuable time you could have used to buy a nutritious meal at Taco Bell. Enjoy a pour of your favorite whiskey. Or just watch big booty Latinas and bugfights on TikTok.